Amen. The psalmist says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Uh, thank you very much, Elder Maluleka, for that word. And I will use that as my introduction. You are all here. Are you expecting the word of the Lord? Amen. And for whatever situation that you are facing, there is a word of the Lord. I think the problem with most of us is that we go to church as a routine. You don't go with an expectant heart. So think about Elijah. It says, when there was famine, when he had a need, then the word of the Lord came and said. So be expectant. And whenever you receive that word, may your situation change for good. Amen. I am a witness. I know how the word of God works. That's why I stick with the word of God no matter what. So, <clears throat> I just want to pick that thing of the word and then remind you that, by the way, we are in this world, and this world can be very cruel, but God did not leave us helpless. I think the problem is that we suffer unnecessarily because we don't want to hear the word of the Lord. Think about the very same Elijah when there was a need and there was famine. If he did not hear the word of the Lord, he could have starved because of not being where God wanted him to be. So which means some of us are starving today unnecessarily because we just don't want to take heed to the word of the Lord. So it's almost like, you know, that some people have a choice whether to come to church on Sunday. They just don't feel like coming to church, then they don't come. Another day you feel like going, then you go. Another time you feel like studying the word, then you do. Another time you feel like not doing it, then you don't do it. Can I just tell you that this world has got tests? Okay? Those of you who are at school, you know there's time for tests, isn't it? Even this life has tests. Unfortunately, whether you are prepared for the test or not, the tests will come. So the things that come against your life, they are tests that are going to either destroy you or make you. You can either pass the test or fail the test. And unfortunately, with these tests of the world, they are not like the tests that you write, where even if you fail, they are, I mean, you just lose a year, you go and try again. Some of the things in this life, you can't afford to fail it. Let's take a simple test of trusting the Lord for your protection. If you don't know how to believe God for protection, you can be destroyed any moment. If you don't know how to believe God for your healing, you may die any moment with that sickness. Which means the tests of life, they are not like the tests we write at school where you are given another year to try it. So you better be prepared, whatever you are facing in life. I want us to go to the book of First John, chapter 5, verse 4. <clears throat> because in this world, we still have challenges. We still have the devil to contend with. But there is no other way to be victorious on earth except for those who have Jesus as their personal savior and who have faith. I want you to understand this because sometimes people say, but if God is there, why are all these things happening like this? If God is there, why is that one suffering? 
If God is there, why is my situation like this? I want to show you from the word of God that God is there, but he has given you the authority. He has given you the victory. So that you can say, Satan is under my feet. So 1 John 5, 4, New King James Version says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. Our faith. What overcomes the world? Our faith. But before you go to our faith, who overcomes the world? Whoever is born of God. Every child of God can overcome this world. So it means if you are not yet a child of God, you don't stand a chance. Okay? So if you are not yet a child of God, you cannot overcome this world. Because you are still under the dominion of Satan. You cannot have authority over Satan when you are his slave. You can only have authority over him when you are translated to the kingdom of God. But it says, then our faith, so I'm a child of God and I still also need to have faith. So you do well when you come to church regularly and hear the word so that your faith may grow. You do well when you regularly go and have time to study the word. It's for your own advantage. Don't ever take it that you are coming to church to please somebody. It's for your sake. Because even if you don't, even if you don't know the word, you will still be tested. You will still face challenges. And unfortunately, if you are not grounded in the word, then you won't be able to stand. Go with me to the book of Romans chapter 10 verse 17. So we are continuing with the word of God above everything else. We started this about two weeks ago. Romans 10, 17, New King James Version says, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Okay, Elder, you were telling us then the word of the Lord <coughs> came to Elijah and said, So what word have you received? Some of you say, I've got faith, I'm trusting God, I'm believing God, I know God will do it. <clears throat> what word are you basing your faith on? Because if you just say you have faith, when you don't have a word to stand on, you have positive thinking. You know, psychologists usually they teach you, you've got to stay positive. You must have a positive attitude. That's not the word. Positive thinking is positive thinking. That's psychology. It works at least if you don't know the Lord. Then you can use that one because at least you are halfway there. But then, the difference between positive thinking and faith is that with faith, you are not only having a positive attitude, you also have a word which guarantees you that which you are looking for. Amen? Think of God in the beginning when it was dark. The Bible says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. That's Genesis 1, 1 and 2. And it says, Then God said, Let there be light. What did he use? The word. Amen? When it was dark. So how, what do you speak when you are facing darkness? 
What do you speak when you are sick? What do you speak when you have financial need? <laughs> Some of you, when you've got financial need, you keep on blaming the government. But that doesn't change anything. I'm not saying if you've got energy, don't blame the government. <laughs> but I'm just saying that doesn't change anything. Rather be a master of your own destiny. Because when I read in the Bible, when Paul was talking to the Philippians, he says, And my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So he never said, my God will supply my needs according to the world's circumstances. So whether the inflation goes up, whether the rent loses value, I'm still provided for. Same example again about Elijah. When there was famine, when there was no food, nothing, but the Lord still provided for his own. And he is still the same God. So when it says faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So I want the word. I will desire the sincere milk of the word. In whatever situation that you are in even today. Desire a particular word that will speak directly to your circumstances. And beside just having a positive mental attitude. The word that you are believing has got inherent power in it to bring things to pass. The Bible says, the word, in the beginning was the word, the word was God, the word was with God, and then it says, nothing that was created was created without the word, which means anything we need, you need a word for it. You need a word for it, and even if it's not there, that's what uh, John 14, some of the scholars says when it says, Whatever you ask in that name, in that day you will ask me nothing, but whatever you ask in my name, I will do it for you. Scholars, Greek scholars say, where it says I will do it for you, it says even if it's not there, I will create it for you. Because you are taking my word and do exactly what God did in the beginning when he spoke the word and things came to pass. So what are you busy with? Go with me to the book of Luke chapter 10. I'm giving you this so that you may understand how to be victorious here on the earth. Like I said, even if you don't know the word, you will still be tested. Even if you don't go to church, you will still be tested. But it's good when you have the word, when you know how to defend yourself. I know the devil is cruel. I know this world can be cruel. But I've got God on my side. I've got Jesus with me. I'm able to call upon the name of the Lord. The Bible says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run unto it and they are safe. So I can have that safety in the Lord. Even when things seem to be not working well, maybe things are not going well for you, and you are in trouble, you need to hear the word of the Lord. And you do according to that word. Now, in Luke chapter 10, this one I want to equate it with a lot of people are very busy with many things that don't matter much. And they don't have time for what matters the most, the word. Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to 42. 
Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. Let's all say, Martha welcomed Jesus into her house. So those of you who have accepted Jesus, you can say to me, I have welcomed Jesus in my heart. But that's not enough. She welcomed Jesus in her house. Don't you think everything should have been fine because Jesus was there? And she had a sister called Mary who sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. So it means after welcoming Jesus, I need to have time for him. Tell your neighbor, after welcoming Jesus, you need to have time for him. It says, she sat at Jesus' feet and had what? Had his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving. You know, there are very, people who are very busy. Even in the days we're living in. Think about the people you stay with. Think about yourself. What are you busy with? It says, Martha was distracted with much saving and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. So we have many things that worry us, isn't it? We've got many things that trouble us. We've got many things that we are busy with. But Jesus says, verse 42, but one thing is needed. How many things are needed? How many? One. And you miss that one. Imagine if God had said, you need hundred things. Then you would say, oh, hundred. Where will I have time for hundred things? He says, you are just busy with many things that don't matter much. You need that one thing. And the good thing with the one thing is that thing which Mary has chosen and which cannot be taken away from her. I told you, the good thing with the word of God is that if I have the word, I've got everything. Because if I have a need, whether it's finances or whatever, through that word, I can get what I want. When I have a word and I need protection, through that word, I can get protection. When I have a word and I need healing, through that word, I can get healing. When I have the word and I need peace in my family, through that word, I can have peace. The problem with these many other things is, it's not bad to have them. That's why the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these other things will be added to you. It's better when the other things get added than if they are your first priority. Because if I've got the word, I know how to get things done. I know, it's, it's like when I've got the word, I've got everything. But if you can give me one thing, it won't help me with the other thing. You remember the other time I gave you an example? Let's say you've got a lot of money, because some of you think, if I could just get a lot of money, all my problems would be finished. Really? Really? Ask those who have a lot of money. Some of them have committed suicide with a lot of money. It just tells you money is not the solution. Amen? 
But can I ask you a question? If you've got a lot of money, let's say you are a millionaire. The other time I gave you an example of a truck that has lost its brakes and is coming against your car. When you've got a lot of money, does your money protect you from that truck? Huh? It doesn't help, isn't it? Which means this many other things, it's good to have them, but they are not the things. Because I may have this, but it doesn't solve the other problem. But if I've got the word, I've got everything I need. Tell your neighbor, if you've got the word, you've got everything you need. So make time for the word. Tell them, make time for the word. Come to church regularly. Study the word of God. Amen. It's for your own benefit. Amen. Go with me to the book of Proverbs chapter 4. Verse 20 to 23, King James Version. It says, My son, attend to my words. Other version says, Pay attention to my word. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. I want you to ask to get deeper with this verse. It starts by saying, my son, attend to the word. It means make time for the word. Attend to my words. Make time. Pay attention to my word. Let them not depart from your eyes. In other words, keep on studying them. Some of you say, I already know that verse. I don't need to open it. For me, even when I know that verse, I still need to open it. That's why even when you come to church, I encourage you to have a notebook somewhere where you can write these notes. And then when you are at home, you keep the word in front of your eyes. You go back and study the things that we're talking about so that faith may come. Faith may grow in your heart. So it says, let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are, I want to look, ask to look at two things. They are life. So tell your neighbor the word of God is life. But it doesn't say they are life to everyone. Who are they life to? Huh? <laughs> so it's life to those who find it. What about those who don't find it? It won't help them. And they will still perish. That's why Hosea 4.6 says, My people perish for lack of knowledge. So it means even if the word of God is there, if I don't find it, it cannot be life to me. It's like we usually say food can fill somebody. It can, isn't it? But if I bring food to you and you don't eat it, do you get full? So the problem is not with food. The problem is with you. You are not eating. Amen? So even in your own life, the problem is not with the word. The problem is with you. Some of you will say, ah, this faith thing doesn't work. I've tried this and I was trying this. That's your problem. You were trying it. That's why it didn't work. Tell your neighbor, don't try the word, do the word. Yeah. 
Amen. Because people will say, I've tried this, I've tried everything, I've tried praying, I've tried even this, I've tried even going to church. That's your problem. You were trying it. And God never told us to try the word. He told us to be doers of the word. So the first part says they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. The Jubilee translation there where the, the Bible uses the word health, it uses the word medicine. It says the word is medicine to those who find them. Now, let me give you this simple example. You know how to, if you receive a medicine from the doctor, how that heals you, isn't it? You take that medicine, you use it as told, and then it works, but sometimes it doesn't work. So let's talk about the time when it works. So you take it as medicine, you use it, and then you get healing. So it says the word of God is medicine to those who find it. That's how I get healed. Giving you the pastor's secret. That's how I get healed. That's my medicine. Amen? Because the word of God says the word is medicine. The word is health to my body. So it means I keep on speaking this word and say, Lord, I thank you that by the stripes of the Lord Jesus I am healed. Even before I get sick. Some of you, you know the issue of vaccines and all that, isn't it? Vaccination. So they give you something to protect. So the word of God works Exactly, even like that. Even before sickness comes, you can proclaim the word over your body. I do this every day, by the way, myself. Every day I thank God that I'm healed by the stripes of the Lord Jesus. I keep on reinforcing health in my body. I keep on reinforcing health in my body. I don't wait to get sick to speak the word. Amen. Because when it says the word is health to my body, it means I can walk in divine health by keeping on meditating upon that word, keeping on speaking that word, keeping on saying, Father, I thank you that I'm healed by the stripes of the Lord Jesus. I thank you that the life of Jesus is manifested in my mortal body. I thank you that the spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead quickens my mortal body. And I speak it. Amen. I don't just imagine it. I speak it. Because even God spoke the word. So I also speak the word. And when I speak that word, life is manifested in my body. Amen. Everything is about the word. Do you remember when Lazarus was dead and stinking in the tomb of Lazarus? In the tomb. You remember he was dead. And then the Martha and Mary, they were saying he's stinking. He's four days in the grave. Jesus came there and then didn't imagine Lazarus coming forth. What did he do? He spoke and said, Lazarus, come forth. So if you think your situation will change by just you imagining, you are mistaken. Because God's situation in the beginning when it was dark. It did not change by him imagining. It changed when he said, let there be light. And there was light. When Lazarus was dead, Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. Amen. Speak that word. 
speak what God has said. And when you speak that, then it will be manifested in your body, if it's healing, and you keep on getting well. And sometimes you can also come to the fore when we're going to pray. We say we want to pray for you, for God to heal you. Now, this is the other one. You know if I call for people to come and be prayed for here, for healing, okay? You're not only getting healed because of the faith, okay? You also get, so there is faith there, faith in the word of God. But when hands are laid on you, there is also the anointing element, okay? So there is that anointing element when hands are laid on you. It's like, you remember the woman with the issue of blood? The woman with the issue of blood said, if I could just touch his garment, I would be made whole. And she was pushing, pushing, pushing. Imagine if she said, if I could touch the hem of his garment, I would be made whole. And she did not go and touch his garment. Would she have been healed? The Bible says she had spent 12 years trying to get healed, going up and down, attending all doctors and everybody to try and help her, and it didn't work. But when she heard about Jesus, Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. When she heard about Jesus, she said, if I could just touch his garment, I will be made whole. And then she pushed, 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 and then she touched his garment, and she was healed. But now, I want you to look at that. The Bible says, Jesus said, who touched me? How did Jesus know that somebody touched him? Was it prophesying? Uh -uh. The Bible says, for virtue had come out of him. Power had come out of him. Dunamis had come out of him. So it means there are times sometimes when the manifested power of God can be released from those who have connection with God. Amen. Amen. So when I lay hands on you, it's not only the faith part. So the faith part is there, but it's also a point of contact where power is released and you get healed. Amen. And it says, verse 23, keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. So he says, above everything else, guard your heart. Don't expose your heart to many other things. Expose your heart to the word of God. Because if you expose your heart to many things, you're seeing that, you are in that place. Some people say, I don't mind, I can go anywhere. I can be with people, everybody, and I can go to even other places, any place I can go. You are not guarding your heart. Because when you expo whatever you expose yourself to, that will have an effect on your life. So there should be times when you say, I can't go there, I want to protect my heart. I can't watch this, I want to protect my heart. And I want to expose myself to the word. Because in the word of God there is life. Go with me to the book of John, chapter 6, verse 63, Amplified Classic. John 6, 63, Amplified Classic says, Jesus says, it is the spirit who gives life. He is the life giver. And the flesh conveys no benefit whatever. There is no profit in it. The words I have been speaking to you are spirit and they are life. You see the thing I was telling you about? So he says the word that I've been speaking to you, it's spirit, 
but it also life. So it means you can use the word to bring life wherever you go. You remember this, the, the story in the book of Ezekiel. Let me remind you. In the book of Ezekiel, the Bible talks about, it says, Ezekiel saw this vision. He says, I looked and there was, there was this, uh, it's like a temple. And he says, on the eastern side, there was water flowing from that temple. And as the water was flowing, he took me and measured a thousand cubit. And as he measured a thousand cubic, he took me there. And then the water was to my ankles. You remember that story? He measured another thousand. And then as I got deeper, the water was to my knees. He measured another thousand. As I got deeper, the water was to my waist. He measured another thousand. And as I got deeper, so... <laughs> okay, there's this joke. Get deeper, go deeper. So, so the way to get deeper is, as he measures a thousand, you yourself, you get deeper. Ankle deep. Deeper. Knee deep. Deeper. Waist. And it says, after the waist, it says he measured another thousand. It was now a river that you cannot cross. And this river started flowing now. That's the river I want to talk about. I want to link it to this. The spirit is life. It gives life. So he says that river flowed and when the river would come, it says it flows to the desert. In the desert, you know it's dry, isn't it? It says, but when the river comes to the desert, life became in the desert. And then it says, the river flowed and then it got to the Dead Sea. They say the Dead Sea doesn't flow. Okay? But it says, when the river came on the Dead Sea, that fresh water, it came and made life where there was no life. And then, I like this clause after that. It says, wherever the river goes, there will be life. So I wanted that wherever this river goes, so this river starts in my body. Okay? As I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I've got the Holy Spirit in me, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living waters. So I've got the Holy Spirit in me, but as that Holy Spirit starts bubbling up, I start going out and take this river with me. Wherever I go, let there be life. Amen. If you are a child of God, let it be that wherever you arrive, let people start feeling things are better when you are here. Amen. Do you know that there are people that when you are close to them, you just feel depressed. Complaints and complaints and complaints. They even have the spirit where you feel things are heavy. Okay? But as a child of God, can it be that wherever you come to a place, let people just start feeling, what has changed? I'm feeling better here. Even when they come to your houses, may they just feel so much peace. Because the presence of God is where you are as a child of God. So it says, wherever this river goes, there will be life. Now, Jesus says, the words that I'm speaking to you, they are spirit and they are life. Go with me to the book of Mark chapter 4, verse 24. Because I want to show you that this life, 
does not just come to everyone. When we studied, it says, they are life unto those who find them. The word is life unto those that find the word and health to all their flesh. It only works for those who find it. Now, whatever you commit yourself to, that is what will come back to you. Okay? Look at this in the Amplified Classic. It says, And he said to them, Be careful what you are hearing. Can we all say, look at your neighbor and say, Be careful what you are hearing. There are some people who don't guard their hearts. They listen to anything. They listen to anything. So the devil will feed you with things to contaminate your heart. The Bible says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. So it means if you don't protect your heart, the devil will even feed some things there, and those things will contaminate you. So be careful what you are hearing. Be careful what you are hearing. Be careful what you expose yourself to. And it says, the measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you and more besides will be given to you who hear. So it means, some of you when you hear some of us speaking the word and living the word and reflecting the word in our lives, you think it just came by osmosis. Sleeping... You sleep with your Bible as a pillow. And from region, they used to say from region of high concentration to the region of low concentration, diffusion. No. It doesn't work that way. You've got to attend to the word. You've got to be careful what you are hearing. You've got to expose yourself to the word. It says the measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that's measured to you. I gave you this example. Let me repeat it. I said those of you when you are preparing for a test, let's take a simple test, a test or an exam. When you are preparing for a test when you are a student, the amount of time you take in studying determines the amount of knowledge and understanding that you will have for that subject, isn't it? Yeah. So similarly, it says, the measure of virtue and of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that's, me that's measured back to you. So there is this thing where some people think you are mature, you are matured spiritually because of the number of years that you've been in the Lord. No. You will hear many people saying, I'm, I'm 30 years in the Lord now. I've been in the Lord even before you were born. Mm, but that doesn't mean much if, if the devil is making hay day with you, clapping you all the way. So which means you might be 30 years in the Lord. The devil doesn't mind that. Okay? What counts is how much time do you give to the truth you hear? then that will determine the virtue and the knowledge that you will have. It will give you, then, then it will give you that ability so that when the tests come, when those tests of life come, you will pass them. You will pass even with distinction. Tell your neighbor, it's possible to pass the tests of life with distinction. Let me tell you what's distinction. The distinction in the test of life is this. 
When the devil is bringing something to stop you with, a stumbling block, okay, blocking your way. And then we say, use that stumbling block as a stepping stone. So it means the devil brought this, and then you use this to say, oh, thank you. I can even be promoted higher. Have you noticed that some of the challenges that come your way, they want to destroy you, but that can be changed for the advantage that now actually that's refining me. It's making me even a better Christian. I'm now even stronger than I ever have been. I know how to trust God. There is that song, through it all, through it all, I have learned to trust in Jesus. And I've learned to trust in God through it all, through it all. I have learned to depend upon His word. That's a powerful song. Amen. Through it all, you're talking to a victor. You're talking to somebody who is more than a conqueror. He doesn't say, I haven't gone through challenges. He says, through it all, I have learned to trust in Jesus. Through it all, I have learned to depend upon his word. So it means, devil, you can throw anything my way. I know how to put you under my feet. Because I have learned to depend in Jesus. I've learned to depend upon his word. Amen. But you can only do that when you are putting the right things in your heart. The devil is not afraid of jokes. You know that many people usually keep jokes a lot. You, don't, you can't keep any word, but all the jokes, you remember them. But you don't remember a single verse. So, when, when trials come and that, imagine giving a joke. And then the problem is solved. Giving a joke and then you get healed. Giving a joke and then you are protected. Giving a joke and then you succeed. Doesn't work, isn't it? No wonder the devil doesn't mind you having a lot of jokes. Because it doesn't help. What matters is the one thing. Is the way. So you actually need that word more than anything else. By the way, do you know that even some of the things, even if you are joking or you're saying something, circumstances don't know that you are joking. Even your body doesn't know that. Imagine if you say, ah, we are struggling. Hey, life is a struggle. Hey, life is a struggle. What are you speaking? Struggle. So then circumstances realize, oh, this one wants us. He's calling us, <laughs> but you didn't really mean it. But circumstances don't know that you didn't mean it. Circumstances don't know that you were speaking those things just to comply, to, 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 to almost feel accepted. Do you know that what is interesting is this? When you talk struggles and lack, hi, you say we, we, we are really uh, living from hand to mouth. We don't have anything. We are struggling in life. You know that usually when you speak that nobody looks at you as if you're funny. They feel you are, you are conforming. But the moment you start saying, as for me, my God meets all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. 
As for me, I shall not lack because my God is my provider. Not when, not because indeed you don't lack because you have it. You don't lack because God said so. Amen. In other words, I am what God says I am. I have what God says I have. Amen. That's how the word works. The problem is if you don't then put enough word in your heart. When you are under pressure, you are going to speak what is full in your heart. Do you know even people who swear? Eh? People who swear. <laughs> okay, I used to say there is this thing where some people know who work with me, what I believe in. So sometimes before they swear, they will say, they will swear and then say, excuse my French. So I didn't know that swearing was French. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, but a person is speaking that because that's what is in your heart. No, pastor, it's not in my heart. It's, it's just the slip of a tongue. Where is it coming from? It's coming from the heart, isn't it? Look at this. Luke 6, 45, New King James Version. You will see that it's coming from the heart. The Bible says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. So I can protect my heart and only allow the good things to be stored in my heart. So that when I'm pressurized by forces of life, good things can come out of me. But if you put bad things in your heart, when pressure comes, what will come out of you? Okay, let's read it. Luke 6, 45, New King James Version. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. Straightforward, isn't it? Whatever is coming out of you is what is stored. Then it says, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You speak what is in your heart. The other time I gave the example of a sponge. I will repeat it because if an example works well, repeat it for the sake of everybody. Keep on hearing it. I said, if you take a sponge and dip it in red ink, and then you apply pressure on the sponge. What comes out? Huh? Red ink. So if you take the same sponge, put it in clear water. If you take the sponge and put it in clear water, and then you squeeze it, what comes out? Clear water. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now, imagine I'm full of the word. Hey. <laughs> The devil is in trouble when he puts pressure on me. Because imagine I'm full of the word. It's word, 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 word. And now the devil puts pressure on me. What will come out? The word. It is written. It is written. It is written. The word is coming forth because that's what's in my heart. But if you are always putting wrong stuff in your heart, when you are put under pressure, we will know what you were spending time in. Some of you, when you are under pressure, you blame other people. Hey, people are standing on my way. Hey, people, you see, people don't want me to succeed. They are standing on my way. You know, other people are very jealousy. 
You will never succeed here in this life. You know, there are people with so much jealousy and that. When you are put under pressure, that's what you will say. And when you say that, you are confirming that and they will keep on standing on your way. But for me, when I look at Joshua 1 verse 3, what does it say? Joshua 1 verse 3, what does it say? I saw it the other time. I believe it's still there. Joshua 1 verse 3, what does it say? No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. So instead of me saying, people are standing on my way, I say, but no man can be able to stand before me all the days of my life. Because the Lord is with me. Amen. When the Lord is on your side, who can stand against you? Because some of you have got a lot of chance to blame people. You keep on saying, hey, people are doing this, people are doing this, people are doing this. But no one can be able to stand before me all the days of my life. Can we confess that together? No man, or let's use no one. No one will be able to stand before me all the days of my life. As the Lord was with Moses. Oh, it's, it's verse 5. It's verse 5. Joshua 1 verse 5. As the Lord was with Moses, so he is with me all the days of my life. And every place that the sole of my foot shall tread, that's mine. Amen. So you determine how far you want to be successful in this life. It's not about other people. Some of you say, Hey, you blame the family in which you were born. See, all these cases, it's ancestral cases, it's my great-grandmother, and it's all these cases. And then, you say there's a curse upon our lives, there's a curse upon our family. That's why you are born again. So that you can be redeemed. The Bible says, if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. So when you are a child of God, no curse can stand on your life. No curse. You remember when ba ba Balaam wanted to curse the people of God in the book of Numbers. He wanted to curse them so that they can be defeated. But he says, I can't curse those whom God has blessed. In other words, that's why I say I cannot be bewitched myself. If you are a child of God, you should be unbewitchable. Amen? Because greater is he that is where? That's in me. Than he that is where? That's in the world. So my enemies are outnumbered. Let's all confess that. My enemies are outnumbered. You remember who said that? The servant of Elisha. When they were two. And the enemies had come. They wanted to capture them. Then he said. Those who are with us are more than they that are with them. And then the man of God said, Lord, open his eyes. And when his, the servant's eyes were opened, he could see how much protected they were. He could see angels all around them. How many of you know that as a child of God, the angel of the Lord encamps around you, protects you in all your ways? Amen. 
Yeah. Actually, there was one time, uh, Mr. Norky, you were there and Blessing, you were there. Hey, that experience. <laughs> you know, there are things that we usually see in movies where you find something just move at a speed. They were there, Blessing and, and, and Mr. Norky. I also don't know even today what happened. Okay? I was at a place where there was imminent danger and I didn't know. And my head was there. Okay? And that thing, it folded. You see this thing where you maybe you're pulling something and then it just folded like this and heavy and very powerful at the place where my head was. In human terms, it's not possible for me to pull myself at the same speed with that thing and then I found myself in another place. And then... Uh, Mr. Norkian blessing me and say, Pastor, are you not ahead, Pastor? That thing didn't touch me at all. They thought I was trying to be bold. I also don't know what happened. But I mean, and that was a Saturday I was supposed to preach on Sunday. Now, <laughs> you hear the pastor is hurt in a way that he can't even come and preach. He's in hospital or he's in coma. Okay? So, the angel of the Lord encamps around me. Even when I... Amen. So even when I don't see it, because I... I that, that thing... <laughs> even today I get surprised. So that actually even gives me more confidence. Say, ish. Because I didn't even have time to confess the word. There was no time. I didn't even... I mean that... Just the speed... Of light. I mean, like if something is flipping off, you don't have time to. And then it was like, so. And then my head was now on blessing at Mr. Norki on the other side. And I was not touched. Then the only explanation I have is the angel of the Lord. Amen. So it means when we are trusting God, when we are believing God, even on the day of danger. God knows how to protect you. God knows how to cover you. So we need to trust God so much and be full of the word and know that God will confirm his word with signs following in our lives. Go with me to the book of Joshua. Chapter 1. Let me start winding down for today. We still need to continue with this. I love the word. I love the word. I'm sold out to the word of God. Joshua 1 verse 8 says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Tell your neighbor, because some of you think that the pastor will study the Bible for you. I can give you verses on Sunday, but I won't study it for you. This book of the law shall not depart from whose mouth? From your mouth. So when your Bible says your mouth, it's talking about whose mouth? Your mouth. Can we all point at our mouth? My mouth. So if the book of the law should not depart from my mouth, who must keep it in my mouth? Me. Amen. It says, but you shall meditate in it day and night. Ah, pastor, this is too much. When will we leave? Every time is the word, we've got to be meditating on it day and night. 
We don't have our own lives. It's the word, the word, the word. Do you know that those of you who don't know meditation, meditation is the positive side of worry. How many of you know how to worry? We all know, isn't it? I mean, we just choose not to. So I know how to worry, but I choose not to. So the same way that you worry, and the same energy that you use to worry, you can use that and worry on the word of God. In other words, when you are worrying, you are troubled by the... You, you are actually trusting on the ability of the enemy to hurt you. That's why you are worried. Things are not working out. So you take the same thing and say, instead of me looking at the ability of the enemy to hurt me, looking at the ability of my circumstances to hurt me, looking at my sickness, looking at my need, looking at my lack, let me go and look at something else. And when you go and look at the word that speaks to my situation, things start changing. You remember when the Israelites were in the, in, the, in the desert, it says there was a time when they provoked God and then they were beaten by snakes. And anyone who was still focusing on his problem of being beaten by a snake died. But anyone who looked on the cross that, that the pole, the snake that was on the pole that Moses made, they lived. So even in the days we are living in, it's your choice what you want to focus your attention on. If you want to spend time focusing your attention on your circumstances, they will destroy you. But if you fix your eyes on Jesus, you will be delivered. Can I give you another example? You remember Peter, when he was going to Jesus walking on the water? You remember? Peter said, if it's you, Jesus, command me to come to you walking on the water. And I can bet you, I don't think Peter did this. was the water, isn't it? I don't think he did this. Can I show you what I did? If it's you, Jesus, command me to come to you walking on the water. And Jesus says, come. Amen. And as he was walking, his senses were like suspended. Instead of him reasoning, but this is water. I can sink. He was focusing on Jesus. Paul says, and when he saw the wind, so instead of focusing on Jesus, when the winds were now blowing and now he started looking, when he started shifting focus from Jesus and he saw the wind, he started to sink. Did the condition of the water change? It was the same water that he was working on. What has changed? His focus. Amen. So some of you are sinking, not because you are walking on the water, but because you are focusing on the wrong things. Amen? Tell your neighbor, if you lose focus, you will sink. And don't blame Jesus for that. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is now seated at the right hand of his majesty on high. So I focus on Jesus. 
I look on Jesus. I meditate on the word day and night. Because it's the same amount of energy. When you are meditating on the word, somebody is meditating on a problem. You choose what you want to meditate on. You know that some people can't sleep. They will tell you, I couldn't sleep the whole night. You're thinking about how they will repossess the things that you have. I couldn't sleep the whole night because of this and this problem. That's meditation in the negative. You could have taken the same amount of energy and not sleep the whole night because I was soaked in the weight. I couldn't sleep the whole night because I was busy with the weight. I was attending to the weight. And when you attend to the weight, that is the way to get out of your deep trouble. Psalms 107 verse 20 says, He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their distractions. So the word of God is able to deliver me from my distractions. From all the things that trouble me. Amen. So let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 4. Verse 13 to 16. 1 Timothy 4, 13 to 16, New King James Version. It's still the same thing, but it's better summarized here. And I'll probably take this one and the next one and see we prepare to land. It says, till I come, give attention. Where did you get this word, attend? In Proverbs, isn't it? You remember in Proverbs, he said, my son, attend to my word. Now he says, till I come, Give attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. So attend to these things. Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by the prophecy with the laying on of hands of the eldership. Meditate on these things. So it means there are many things that I can be thinking about. There are many things that I can be meditating about. I can't be meditating about how things are falling apart. I can't be meditating about all the things that are not going well in my life. But he doesn't encourage me to meditate on those. He says, meditate on this truth. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them. Be fully committed to the word. Be sold out to the word. Be a Christian who is sold out to the word. Amen? Yeah. When you are sold out, there is this thing that people... I know when, when my children were still young, they, the other time they told me, our friend says we don't, have, we don't have life because every time it's church, even weekend, we've got to be busy with instruments, taking instruments to church and this and this. It means you are sold out. How many of you know that we are all slaves? You just choose to, it just depends on what, whose slave are you? Amen? You can be a slave of the Lord where everything about you is about the Lord. Or you can be a slave of sin, where sin controls you. Where you don't sleep at home on weekends. And children and wife are crying all the time. And you can't help yourself. You, 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 you come to them and say, I'm very much sorry. Really sorry. I don't know why this happened this way. Friday comes again. 
back to the same thing. And this person is not, it's because he's a slave. It's not, he doesn't intend to go there. But he just finds himself looking around and saying, okay, my wife is not here now. My children are not here now. Quickly you are gone. Because you are a slave. So similarly, when you are the slave of the Lord, you wait for weekend to go to church. You say, hey, I'm waiting for Sunday. I'm excited. I want to get part three of the word of God above everything else. Because you are a slave. You want to be excited about this way. Amen. So he says, meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. That's how we succeed in life. And it says, Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in doing them. For in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. So in other words, my success is in the word. That's why Joshua 1.8, let's read Joshua 1.8 together. It says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. So we all want to succeed, isn't it? We all want success. Your success is in the word. So spend time. Spend time putting yourself in that word, consuming the word, soaking yourself in that word, so that your progress will be evident to all. And when people ask you, I heard last week, Pastor Josephine was teaching about whose witness you are. So when people are asking you, now you are able to say, it's all because of the Lord. So actually you told me a very good thing that those of us who sometimes, you are, we are not always confident sometimes to proclaim Jesus before people, isn't it? Because it's like you will be offending them. You feel a little bit afraid. So the trick is, which I learned that and I thought this will help me also. If you talk about what Jesus has done for you, you are not offending anybody. So if people come to me and say, hey, pastor, hey, we see what's happening at Tiger Bay Hospital since you took over there, things are changing and that. Then it's my opportunity to say, hey, you know the grace of God. You know the Lord is so good. Hey, it's Jesus. So at least now I'm proclaiming Jesus because of my testimony. Amen. The problem is that Sometimes we think things are doing better because of us. But if you are a child of God, you need to know that things are working well because of God's favor upon your life. Because of God's grace upon your life. Just because the Lord is with you, when you go to a place, things start changing because you are there. You remember when Joseph was in Potiphar's house? The Bible says when Joseph was taken to Potiphar's house, Everything in Potiphar's house started changing. Why? For the sake of Joseph. So can you be a Joseph wherever you go? That things will start changing because you are there. Can people start admiring to be close to you? Because whenever you are there, things start going on well. That's what we call blessing by association. Because of your presence in a particular place, things start working well. So let's pack this one here. We'll pick it up next week. I want you to stand up and thank God for the word that we've heard.
treasuring the word of God above everything else. And this word is our victory. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. Amen.